You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. The Jackson Hole Wine Club, making the experience of exploring new wines as easy as taking a sip. Visit jacksonholewineclub.com to sign up today. Everyone, I enjoy reading and learning from others, which guides me to share this quote with you before we begin today's episode. Today's quote is, you have the power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. That's from Marcus Aurelius. And today is the 200th episode of the Jackson Hole Connection. And I promise you the episodes are going to keep on coming for as long as people want to share their stories with me and share their stories with you. When I started the Jackson Hole Connection, I knew there's an endless pool of people to speak with who have a connection to Jackson Hole with phenomenal stories to share. But I did not even think about how many episodes the podcast would reach. I had no inclination. The reason I continue to produce this podcast is I hear from people how much they appreciate the interviews and how they learn something new from listening to the guests. And folks, I learn something new each time I interview the guests for this podcast. I learn how to be a more thoughtful and engaged listener. I've learned how to ask better questions, questions of curiosity, questions which help me learn and be a better person, a better dad, better husband better business community member. And I've learned I can make a positive change in people's lives. The small changes that we make can influence a seismic shift in our communities. You have the ability to make a difference in the lives of each person you touch. Me saying that I know that I can make a difference is not me being bigger or better than anybody else, we all make a difference in people's lives with the people we come in contact with, with the cashier at a store when you're going to get gas or a soda. When you're grabbing ice cream, tell somebody thank you for being there. It will put a smile on their face. Everything big started off small. Just think of the Grand Canyon. Time is on your side, folks, so use your time to your fullest position. Thank you for sharing your time with me today and over the past 200 episodes. And today on episode 200, I am delighted to speak with Esther Judge of Shacks on Racks. My wife and I recently had the pleasure of working with Esther to find a new home for our home, a home which would not go to the landfill. Esther started Shacks on Racks by identifying a need. She didn't look at what isn't being done as a roadblock, but as an opportunity. You will thoroughly enjoy listening to Esther. Esther is a high-energy, free-thinking individual. And sit back and relax. Enjoy what you're doing. Have fun on your walk. And I know that you're going to appreciate what Esther has to say. 
Esther, thank you for joining me here today on the Jackson Hole Connection. Wonderful to see you on a sunny afternoon. Yes, thank you very much for having me, Stefan. You're welcome. Esther, we start the episodes with the guest, and that is you today. And you and I have spoken many times, and neither of us are short of words. <laughs> and we'll get in a little bit as far as how our paths cross. But let's start with you sharing your history. Where were you born? Where were you raised? And how did you get connected to this area we call Jackson Hole? Yeah, absolutely. I was born in Dillon, Montana. Mm -hmm. I grew up about 30 miles outside of there in a town called Archena. There was like maybe five families that lived up there, including my cousins. So just really, really small, small, small community. In 1998, Ted Turner donated the Rowe Mansion. He bought Red Rocks Ranch right outside of south of Dillon. And he donated the homestead that was on that. I saw some square foot stately home built in the early 1900s, which is, it's currently their admin building. It sits proud on the college campus. Uh, you know, I was maybe like 11, but just my mind was blown seeing this mansion go down the street. We watched it from I-15 um, next to Clark Canyon Reservoir, but I will never, ever, ever forget it. You know, fast track, it obviously instilled in me that like, I can move houses, like legit, we can move houses, guys, anywhere, any size, like, no problem, we'll figure it out. But my father relocated the family here in 1999 to Jackson, he was building a home in Buffalo Valley. And so we lived up there in Moran. And I was so excited that it was a shorter bus ride commute. I like felt like I was in town, that there was like more than five families. The Garnicks were out there. Like, I remember just being overly excited that my bus ride was shorter and that there was more people that lived on the road than in Montana. <laughs> so you would take the bus. Were you in high school at this time? You were taking yep. the bus from Moran to yep. Jackson Hole High School. And you're yep. saying that was a short, <laughs> a shorter bus ride than what you were doing in Montana? Yep. Oh. Yeah. And, and so tell people how long it takes to get from Moran to Jackson. I mean, it's gotta be like, I mean, I haven't been on the bus in a long time, but at least an hour, not a simple task. Yeah. And then my uncle Lance Schofield had a home in Cottonwood that he had built in the eighties and he lifted it up and put a foundation of full basement underneath and doubled his square footage. It still stands. I forget what the address is. We dug up an old Jackson Hole News and Guide article about him and him lifting his house. And he did all the work himself. Lemons lifted the house. I think it was in maybe 2000, 2001, but definitely come from a demographic of like, oh yeah, we'll figure it out, which really is the essence of Shacks on Rex, you know? So You've been here since high school and are you, you married, you have a family, raising kids? Yeah, I graduated early and got knocked up. I have an amazing 17 year old boy. He keeps me on my toes. Um, I am currently married. My husband, Philip Lennox and I 
own Gus the Gutter Man and Full House Radon. Mm-hmm. So we hang roof gutters and uh, radon were the only EPA certified radon mitigators in the state of Wyoming. Really? Yes. Yep. Does any other part of the state really care? Probably not as much as we do, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> no, you know, Lander cares. There's like, there definitely is some hot spots throughout which we're seeing a shift in consciousness with homeownership and actually people like calling and asking questions. And it's really, really good. It's nice. We love questions. We want to answer them all. Sure. And you mentioned shacks on racks as well. And yes, shacks on racks is the passion work. You know, shacks on racks was an interesting thing. So my husband and I, we met 10 years ago. Our anniversary was July 3rd, 10 year anniversary. And we were both losing our housing. I was living with him. Silas and I were living with him and he couldn't renew the lease and we couldn't find a place to rent. So we were looking, 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 and he had some family money that he had never spent. It was in some investment accounts. And he tells me like, Esther, I have some money. Maybe we can put down a down payment. And I was like, what? Yes, we can. So we bought our first house. We had been dating for 11 months when we bought a condo in Rafter J. It was the Northeast 40. Mm -hmm. So we bought that. And at the time it was good. We lived there for two years and then we were plowing snow at the time and we didn't get any snow. (laughs) And so we couldn't pay our mortgage. So we sold and we, thank goodness, we sold, if it would have went another month, it would have been a foreclosure, you know, which is just like the crazy part, you know, another crazy housing story in Jackson, Wyoming that you, you know, can't afford your first home. Anyway, we, we sold the house and we were able to purchase an acre on Hog Island and the house sitting behind me is our first project. It was built in 1941. It was at 125 West Hanson, close to the brew pub. Mm -hmm. and it was a demolition project, and I just could not believe it. So Philip and I, we moved at Hill Climb Weekend. It was a disaster. Sat in our driveway for a couple years because we didn't have any money to do anything else with it. And once we got it on a foundation, I, like, really started trolling the public demolition permits and realized that, like, way more of this is happening than I think our community realizes. Way more of what is happening? Way more structures are refuse than what our community realizes. You know, we see the change. And I think majority of us who live in the community are acutely aware of what's going on. Hmm. But for me, there wasn't a direct connection of walking my dog in East Jackson and then the house is gone. I, I didn't put two and two together that it had gone to the trash. Like Mm -hmm. it had become so normal that these lots were just one day bare without digging deeper of like, wait, why? How did that happen? Like, I remember that was a cute house. Or once I started looking into demolition permits, which were public knowledge, I mean, my mind was blown. It was a direct, I don't see that house anymore because it went to the trash. Like there was no question or like, you know, it's because it went to the trash. Mm -hmm. Now help people who are listening understand why that's a concern that these houses that you are finding on the demolition permit list are going to the trash. 
Well, I mean, ultimately, it's concerning for a lot of reasons. First of all, Jackson is a really conscious, caring community. And we all support road to zero waste. We, we all do our part in part of the struggle to be here is that you have to want to be here. And wanting to be here, most people care. Road to zero waste, number one. But ultimately, way too many worthy structures, completely habitable structures, were going to the trash as the only alternative to clearing the lot. You know, we live in just such, you know, the housing crisis that everybody seems to find themselves in. Uh, You know, I've been partaking in some town council housing discussions, and it's heartbreaking all the way from hearing about families who thought that they could short-term rental their house, so they accepted a bigger mortgage than they could really pay. And now things are changing and just like heart-wrenching stories of mother, daughter, granddaughter banking on some really high-end rental situation and it not being able to pan out, but just sad, sad stories being able to find stuff all the way to people who can't afford their mortgage, who thought that they were going to be able to rent 360 days a year and they can't, you know, I mean, just like, so we're in a a housing crisis, regardless of how you look at it, regardless of what side you're on, we're all touched by it. Whether you're a business owner who can't keep employees around or, you know, it doesn't matter. We're, we're all, if you're a part of the community, you're affected by the housing situation all the way down to service workers on more wealthier people's properties who don't understand, like, The reason you can't cut grass every seven days now is because there's no staff to cut your grass every seven days. So like literally our entire demographic, whether you acknowledge it, our entire demographic is directly affected by the housing issues in Teton County. And so starting shacks on racks, you are going through these demolition permits and Are people approaching you or are you the person approaching them? So now that I've been at it for going on six years, we are actually getting people approaching us, which I'm immensely grateful. Stefan, you were my first. In Teton County, you don't have to have a demolition permit to dispose of your structure, which we are looking, we will be asking the community for support on an LDR amendment for that. We would like the preservation board, who is currently the first reviewing body to review the demolition permit, but we need to get something set up in the county because currently that isn't there. Within the town, our review process goes to the historical preservation board. And that is my first, first stop shop for grabbing the condensed information for demolition permits. That's specific to how our county works. I know a lot of different towns and stuff are different, but the the point of me rabbit holing on this is that all demolition permits are public information. Your community might categorize them different or you might have a different review process, but if you have to apply for one, it is public information. So ultimately... Heidi Cooper Ranch had a small cabin that that was originally on Meadowbrook Ranch. It was moved out to Heidi Cooper Ranch in Wilson um, in the 80s. And we moved it back to town. It's now a sitting 
Trista and Jesse Morgan purchased it and it's sitting on a downtown lot, which is great. They're going to make it their primary residence. They're, they're in the process of it. It's close to the center of the arts, which is, which is cool that they're picking such a, it's such a wonderful downtown lot to be doing such a cool Shacks on Racks project on. So really proud of that. But Stefan, you were my first, you and Laura were the first demolition permit who reached out to me prior to submitting the demolition permit. Oh. So thank you. Yay, <laughs> Stefan and Laura. Well, I mean, at some point, every action's an, an original idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it worked. And Stefan, you really gave us and the family that I chose to take the house, you, you really gave us the opportunity to get ahead of it. Most of the time, if you apply for it in your instance, let's use your house for an example. Mm -hmm. If you would have, when you would have applied for that demolition permit, it would have been approved because there, your house was not, would not have met the 12 point criteria to meet historically significant standards. Yeah, so not at all. You would have been left free to do with as you saw fit with as soon as you picked up that permit, which is usually about seven days after review five to 10 days, you pay for your demo and you were allowed to do whatever you wanted. So you getting specifically because the preservation board couldn't have held it with a 90 day stay due to historical significance in order to give us 90 days, mm -hmm. but at max, and that's only if it's significant, excuse me, historically significant. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk more about the process that I went through with you, which was absolutely super was, there was no stress, pain or anything on my side, but I, I want to, <laughs> I, I want to get a little bit of history. Um, you mentioned, because I like history and just knowing some stuff, you mentioned that on the Heidi Cooper ranch, which is up on the pass, you know, the base of the pass, there was the structure in it and it came from what ranch you said, Melody ranch or. Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook Ranch. Yeah. So Trista found, they found the sun bleached old plaque number underneath. We found the old plaque number and she got pictures from Morgan at the Historical Society uh -huh. that are her cabin on site, original site, her actual physical cabin number and cabin on a little postcard. No kidding. Yes. Yeah, that's wild. It's so cool. And so how many square feet is that cabin? So they cut it in half, uh-huh, which are going to be like the wing. They, so it's an accessory residential unit. It's going to be a thousand square feet. 500 of it is the existing cabin and about 500 of it is going to be new. So okay. what they're going to do is in the new section, which will be in the middle, they are going to do their kitchen and all their plumbing and all their things so that that way they can keep the cabins truly historic. They're not going to put any holes in that. Like literally they're keeping it as is. That's cool. Yeah. So just really putting all the guts and all the things that force you to be to code, all your things, they're doing it in the new part so that they can keep the rest of it. And they're going to do like a fabulous, very vintage cabin. She's a landscape architect. Okay. And he's a builder slash they both really, really enjoy design. It's going to be really, really fun to see it come together. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. 
Now, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from our sponsor. And then I want to talk about the process that you went through to find a receiver of the house that Laura and I had. And, and this is not about me. It's not about Laura and I. It's about your process and the value, the joy it brings to somebody else as well. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. Great. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. Esther, welcome back. We are just chatting about Shacks on Racks. And Shacks on Racks, you are finding structures which are perfectly good, have still a life to them and finding a new home for them versus them being torn down and sent to the landfill. And recently my wife and I were very fortunate that we connected with you and you found somebody to take our house. And let's talk about that process that you went through to have somebody take the house and how you chose them? Yeah, absolutely. I kind of have a question for you, Stefan. Sure. How did you feel? First of all, how did you hear about me? Because like I said, you heard about me. So thank you for doing the right thing and reaching out to me. God, did I word that wrong? Yeah, you did do the right thing by reaching out to me. Because had you heard about me and ignored that, then you would have been directly contributing to what's really, really ugly and happening. So, all right. Sorry about that. So, <laughs> yeah, my history was, or the steps that I went through was, I tried doing a, doing a selection on my own. And I reached out to my network and found somebody. And they actually worked with an engineer, an architect, and had it determined that they could use that structure as a accessory residential unit on their property in the county because it met the criteria for the square footage. And then as time was progressing, I needed a firm date and to have a deposit. So I knew that this per individual was completely committed. And as much as they wanted it to preserve the house, they weren't sure they could meet our timeline that we needed because I needed the house off the property by a very specific date. So they said, thank you, but we can't do it. If you need Esther's information with Shacks on Racks, they could give that to me. And I had heard about Shacks on Racks because I'd seen some information in the newspaper. I'm not really an Instagram or social media person, but it was there as well. But before that, I had reached out to another individual and they had one person acting as a mediary for his friends that were really going to take the house. And they were talking about going to Pinedale 
and the conversation started going someplace and I was like, yeah, I'm not waiting for these folks. I'm calling, I'll call Shaq's on Rex and see what Esther can do. And that's when we connected because I'll tell you the purpose of why we wanted the house to be moved versus torn down. One was it is a sound house. We just wanted more space for our family. It's a thousand square feet, two bedroom, one bath house. And we loved it. Our wedding gift from friends and family was raising money to put new windows in the house. Cause when I bought the house and Laura and I were living in there, you could see gaps in between the windows and see outside and you could feel the air coming in. So the windows were shot. We needed new windows. So we were graced with the ability to put new windows in. We love the house. It was built by the Hoffmans, Sue and Daryl Hoffman. It was for Sue's mom to live in back in the seventies. Uh, I don't think she lived in it very long, but even on the, the panel, the electrical panel, it said mom's room yeah. on, on the wording on the electric panel. When I first moved in there. I love that. I wonder if it does it still stuff. It? No, no. I had to change it at some point. Cause I didn't know, couldn't remember which room mom's yeah. room. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm kidding. So I I had to rewrite it anyway. And and then at some point it blew off. So we wanted to know if if the house could be moved and and it could be. And so finding somebody to take the home to be reused versus what you're talking about instead of it going to the landfill was one reason. Another reason just for our purpose alone is I didn't have to pay demolition fees and dump fees for a structure. So for somebody who's working on a tight budget to build a new house, it made sense. It made a lot of sense. So we met and you walked in, I know this house, I can move this house, this will be easy, no problem. And you took it from there. And from there it was just me remembering to get an asbestos test. <laughs> I, I learned a lot because of it. I put it on my list. So every house, there's, it's always something different. Mm -hmm. I know all the things and I have them in my head and we think we talked about them and maybe we did, maybe not, but I put it on my list of like my pre-owner checklist, my current owner checklist of like, hey, make sure that that's on there because it's one of those things. What the craziest thing about this bestest test was it's only good for, I think it was only good for a certain number of months. It wasn't even good for like two years and you don't even use asbestos anymore. So if you got the test today, let's say it was only good for three months. It's not as though you're in, in six months is going to be asbestos in the house now, but Hey, that's the, yeah. the code. Yeah. So we just go with the code. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And Stefan, thank you for kind of talking about your experiences with it and how you and how we came to be, because that's exactly what I try and do. I show up, I assess the structure and I will tell you if we can get it moved or not. I mean, and it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. There's yes, there's a lot of moving parts. Yes, there's a ton of considerations, both for the current owner as well as a perspective shack's owner you know you have to make sure your site infrastructure can handle it that it's allowed your hoa i mean there's so many moving parts but it's not hard it's just a matter of just doing it and it's one step at a time and it's mm -hmm. and it's all of it so 
a little bit about my process. I was working with the original person that you had communicated with. I was walking him through some of the things. He was really helpful. He notified me that he just wouldn't be ready and we would be in touch. I was really, really grateful to actually get on site. So originally, my intention was to keep it in Teton County. I saw that specifically with you and Laura being a local business owner and Laura working with the bank and you guys just being so local. So the first open house that I did, I had six people who were interested and three of them. I So when we met on site, I had my house mover, my structural engineer, who's Kari Moulton with Sergeant Engineers. He moved his grandmother's house and lives in it. And the wonderful thing about Kari and I is we don't agree on preservation. We have opposing views. He thinks that it is only a labor of love. And I do not. I think that there is much more to it than simply a labor of love, simply with land values and things of that nature. That, But anyway, it's, it's really fun because we have this dynamic of, of it. Anyway, he met on site with us and first thing that he said, which I would not have known because I'm not an engineer, but that the roof trusts were not engineered to bear the load required in Teton County limit. So immediately three of my people were out right out of the gate. So now I'm down to three others. And when it comes down to it, Shacks on Racks has to respect your timeframe. You told me the timeframe and I told you so my shack side of it is I will do it by this time, I promise. And so on the back end, you know, I'm frantically scrambling for a commitment from someone. And so Katie and Matt are who took it. They showed up at the open house and were ready to make a decision within 24 hours. And they made it and wrote me the most beautiful letter I would love to share it with you if I haven't yet, Stefan. Beautiful letter of gratitude and housing woes. And I mean, just one of the most beautiful letters I've ever written. I can't believe it was written to my organization. Sometimes that is just way too beautiful to be true, you know, because it, Stefan, you just gave Matt and Katie their very first home. You and Laura gave them their very first home that they actually get to live in together. They don't live together right now because she's running a room and he lives in Boise. And like this legit, you mm. brought a couple who they got married this weekend. Nice. Yay. Awesome. They got married this weekend. So it was cute. You moved them a house last month and this month they got married and it solidified um, one more valuable, valuable member staying in our community because they have housing security. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I didn't realize that they just got married this month and that's phenomenal. Yeah. That, that that happened. Yeah, please do. I think I remember reading the letter. Share it with me again and, and we'll, is she, is Katie okay if we share the letter publicly? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, she is, which that would be really nice to do. I'm trying, Ryan and I are kind of brainstorming a way to do a like little thank you story. I've never had enough time to thank anybody more than just like, you know, I send a card and that's about it. But I, I would like to do more. I think equally what you guys did, Stefan, the fact that you and Laura 
even thought about relocating it and tried it on your own before you came to me, you know, that is admirable. That's even more so than what most property owners are currently doing. Mm -hmm. And that's all that it takes. You don't, you know, and for you, thank you for saying that the process was smooth and whatnot, but like, I want it to be, I need it to be, I need you to feel like I'm going to come in and take your house. And like, here we go, off we go. Like, you know, I need you to feel that if you don't, you're not going to let me move your house. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, which they are all different. But well, yeah, that's got to be a challenge. And so how many structures have you moved this year? And so how many structures have you moved this year? And how many pieces do you think it was as well? Because not yeah. every structure is one move. Mm hmm. Yeah. So in January, I hired Riverscapes Glass, Jason Boyd. Well, let me start here. The nurses' quarters, the historic nurses' quarters at 165 Glenwood. It was our first apartment complex in Teton County. It was built as an apartment for the nurses at St. John's. It was directly mm -hmm. behind the current St. John's campus. So it was 3,000 square feet. It was over our height, our width. Everything about it was, there's no way it's getting down the streets. So SR Mills, the owner of the structure, donated $100,000. Community Foundation accepted the donation, which was his dump budget. They accepted the dump budget. And the Lynn Ranch took that. Dwayne and Laura Meadows took that and are making it their primary residence on the Lynn Ranch. But ultimately, the donation was huge. The house was huge. It is the largest in all the ways that Shacks on Racks has relocated thus far. So I hired Riverscapes Glass, who Jason Boyd and Patrick are just incredibly talented men who dismantled the second story because we were at like 28 feet. So we dismantled the second story. And then Vern with Teton Transport cut the first story in half. And we moved that in two parts. So we moved the nurses' quarters, which is about 3,000 square feet. We moved that. It took 40, it took between 45 and 60 days. I should get an actual number on that from when we start to finish. So we did that January and February. I can't wait to see how that turns out because they're going to rebuild that second story. And mm. like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. It'll, it'll be amazing. And then... The next house that we did was a beautiful hand-hewn. The logs were sourced from the East Coast. Beautiful 600-square-foot hand-hewn structure that was already set on skids. Asuka and her husband, Will, took that with Asuka's animals. She does the animal nonprofit in Victor. So they took that. Gosh, that was in May, maybe. And then we moved yours. No, we did yours in May. So that was oh, even before then. Yeah. So Callahan's was before then. Callahan's donated it to Oscar and Will. Thank you, Callahan's. Mm -hmm. And then we did you and Lara. And that was three sections due to our width. We were smooth sailing over Pine Creek and, and into Victor. And then I just got done moving one. It was a thousand square feet. We had to move it in two sections. That came from 80 Rancher. And also I have to say, which that went to Carla and Will Steinmeier, Will Baker and Carla Steinmeier. Okay. Uh, yeah. She's a, she's a local CPA, but yep. they have a three-year-old 
Mm-hmm. And she, her and Will have moved with little baby like three times since he's been born. Whoa. So they moved it. They're going to make it their primary residence. They're going to put a full basement underneath and a little house on top. And we're gearing up. We're going to do a beautiful historic structure on Jackson Street. We're very, very excited about it. They're getting less historic or less, you know, we're running out of houses like this in East Jackson. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into more 70s. The 180 Rancher was built in 2010, Stefan. It was 20 years old. Not even 20 years old. Yeah, it was 12. Yeah, it's 12 um, years old. The one from Rancher was only 12 years old, but yep. somebody wanted to move it. Mm-hmm. They, well, they needed to get rid of it. They wouldn't do something. They didn't want that structure anymore. Yeah. 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 So at the end of the day, there's a lot of reasons why Shacks on Racks exists. And ultimately, I see that there's a problem in my community mm-hmm. and I don't know what else to do. Shacks developed out of desperation to have a roof over my head. And, you know, people ask why I keep doing it. And the only reason that I'm still moving houses is because people are still applying for demolition permits. If it was Hanson and that was it, I'd have been done. I would have, we would have said, good job, Esther, pat on the back. You did the thing and walk away. But people keep applying for demolition permits and I'm obligated. What else do I do? I mean, I am, I'm obligated. I don't know by my heart and how much I care about this community and how much I care about people who work like myself to be a laborer. You know, yes, being the only EPA certified rate on mitigator is a big deal, but like to be able to live in Teton County and do that is like, I mean, privilege upon privilege. And it's only because I found an affordable way to do it. Otherwise I couldn't do it. I can't build it a thousand square feet. There's no way, you know, I, it's okay that it works for some people, but it's working for less and less and less and less of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what is it? Is it the cost per square foot or is it just vary per structure Mm -hmm. of what it costs to move it? It varies. You know, the garage on your house was slab on grade. So it costed more than it did for the house pieces. You know, if we break it out, it costs $60,000 to move your structure. It was in three pieces, but really the garage was more like 35,000 of it. And then the house pieces, because there's a floor in them. So the slab on grades are harder to move. We have to use more structural pieces to be able to beam them up and load them up and because there's no floor. So it it does depend, but it varies between $30 and $50 a square foot. And their contractors are building now stick built houses, I think probably nothing under $900 a square foot. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I had a builder told me that $750 is as cheap as I'm going Mm -hmm. to find in Teton County right Mm now, which I was like, even that, I was like, okay, well, Mm. who? (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's mind blowing, Uh, Mm. but it is where it is. And you're, well, what you're doing is phenomenal. You're finding opportunities for other people like Katie, like Carla, who the struggle's real and they might have a place to put it. And I guess if, a lot of these houses, as long as it goes out of Teton County, it can still be used. I hadn't, until your engineer came over, it just shows how things have changed that when our house was built in 76, it was structurally sound. It met all the code, but in today's world, 
the trusses didn't meet code. Now we never had any problem with snow load, but according to what our community wants now, it didn't fit the mustard now. Well, and so let me point out, Stefan, a couple things specifically about the Teton County demographic is that there's no incentive currently that I'm aware of for you to save on site, especially if it's not historical, a 70s house. But like, even if it was historical, you don't get a larger up zone. You don't get an extra apartment. You don't get an extra ARU. There's no, I didn't get anything, but it made my heart feel good that I moved this house here. Mm -hmm. Teton County, there isn't, I had to bring it to code. It was built in 1941. It has to be, we moved it in 2016. It had to be to code, like Mm -hmm. no exception. So I think there is some really unfortunate things happening because there isn't incentives whether it's to take it or to save on site, why would you? Stefan, had you opened your walls up in that house, you would have had to bring it to code. So if you would have done like one of your neighbors, a few houses down, has a cute little garage apartment above there, like some of those, even those are becoming more and more unrealistic because the second that you remodel Mm -hmm. and do additions, you have to be to current code. For you to bring that roof up to current code, it's why no one moved it in Teton County. But even for you, just if people are saying, well, why didn't Steph and Laura save on site? Well, that's one of them. You would have had to re-engineer the roof. Like Mm -hmm. you would have had to bring it up to electrical standards if they weren't already up to it. Like literally, you would have had to look at that house exactly as a new build, even if you were simply just doing an an addition. So for you, it makes it you as a family sitting down being like, wow, I'm going to have to re-sheetrock it. I'm going to have to re-roof it. I'm going to have to re-insulate it. I mean, I don't even know if those walls would have worked in in town limits to current code. So it's making it even harder for people to save on site who would choose to do that otherwise, you know? Because everyone's got a story here. Y'all are... You know, this is of the better, more smoother of my stories. Let me just say that, you know, I mean, you know, because we all have our own opinions in this and working with our own set of challenges and with our, anyway, I, I want to say to anybody who would be like, well, why would Stefan and Laura do that? Like, it didn't pencil out for you guys to save on site. I think had you guys got some kind of incentive one way or the other, whether it wasn't bringing it all the way to code or. It, it doesn't matter getting bigger or taxes or not having to pay the housing mitigation fee or like mm-hmm. something. But even that, if any burden can be lifted through such a generous donation, I think equally that needs to be acknowledged as well. Well, because there's no reason for you to donate either. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to donate. There's no reason to save on site. There's no reason to keep it out of the trash. There's no reason for me to take it. Why would I take something that was built in 1941 versus? literally just building something new that I didn't have the code issues on, that I didn't have the thing. And obviously it it comes to, there's inevitably a tangible value to this. Fine, builders are building at X amount of square feet, blah, blah, blah. That's not what this is about. This is about y'all doing the right thing with your structure because you are giving this family something that, is forever 
powerful, like forever mattered forever is. And we need more moments like that. We need more consciousness. So there's been about 400 demolitions since 2013. I would encourage you guys to check out shacksonracks.com. There is a demolition map on there. And Ryan Dorgan has mapped all of those out. You can click on the, there's a key to what's been relocated, reused. There's like, they're all different colors with Koki, um, with color coded. So I would encourage you to look at it. About 400 structures since 2013 and about 5% of those, 5%, and it's actually less, but have been, their materials have been reused or have been actually relocated. So that's the hard thing too. I know that I'm doing good work and I know that what I do matters, but there is more houses than I could even begin to imagine to save. Mm -hmm. That no matter what, it's like still not enough. Like we still have more houses going to the trash than I am able to move. And it's heartbreaking. It it is heartbreaking, but keep in Keep in mind what you're doing, some is better than none. Agreed. And I agree. But, you know, it's funny. There's been moments of like, are you worried about people, you know, still in your work or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, come. I want my community to look at our demolition permits. I want people. I mean, they're there. I'll show you where to get them to get all the same information that I'm getting. Like, we should care about it. We should try and do something. Fortunately enough, I've streamlined the process with the engineer and the architect and the mover and everybody to just get the pieces in and we're able to meet the crazy deadlines, which is the most important thing is we got to, we got to move when moving is necessary, you know? Well, I am very grateful for the work that you're doing, Esther, and you are on, you're the social media master. So share with people how they can find Shacks on Racks out there. Yeah, absolutely. On Instagram, Shacks on Racks 22. And I don't use Facebook. There is a Shacks on Racks Facebook out there because it's connected to Instagram. Mm -hmm. There is zero messages. There is zero interface happening there. But you can find me on Shacks on Racks 22 on Instagram and also my website, which is shacksonracks.com. Please sign up for my newsletter. We do a newsletter which posts new demolition permits. And it gives everybody who's on the email, the email list to get dibs on a structure before I put it out to social media if my direct list isn't picking up on it, then it gives you an opportunity to get on it before all the houses, almost all the houses that I put on Instagram go. That's and I put it on Instagram and it's like, we, I can find a taker. That's how I found Katie and Matt. Katie mm-hmm. and Matt, we had not connected prior. And I think they found me on Instagram. I was doing the open house the next day and she literally, she was there. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, Esther, I, I do appreciate the work that you're doing and I do appreciate your time and, and taking the time to, to speak with me. And thank you for moving our house and finding Katie and Matt. And we can't wait. Laura stays in touch with Katie. So when Katie has put it all back together, we're going to go over to Victor yeah. and visit. Yeah, can I come <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I'm actually putting that in my contract now. Is that like a year later, you have to let me back in the house. <laughs> 
Because the one for the elk refuge, I moved the house to the elk refuge. They permanently expanded the habitable border of the National Elk Refuge. One acre, but it was all because of me. But they won't let me back in it now, which I'm Uh, like, Grace, you got to let me get my after, bitches. Anyway, lesson learned. I put it in the contract just like those bestest. Good work. Well, we all learn with how to make improvements over time. Yeah. Well, Esther, thank you so much. You go have a great evening over there on Hog Island. Enjoy the rest of the sunshine of this beautiful sunny day. And we'll be talking to you soon and see you around town. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your time, Stefan. This was fun. Take care, Esther. Bye-bye. Bye. To learn more about Esther and Shacks on Racks, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com episode number 200. Thank you, everybody, who helps keep this podcast on the air, the Jackson Hole Connection. Of course, my wife, Laura, and the boys that I love, William and Lewis, and my editor and marketing director, Michael Morey. I appreciate you sharing your time with me today. Cheers till next week when I see you right back here for another episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.